Grab your highlighters. Can't find them? They're probably right there in your pocket protector. It's time for that early childhood nerd podcast. Let's get nerdy. Here's Heather. Hi, everybody. Welcome to another episode of That Early Childhood Nerd. I'm Heather Burnt Santi, and um, you all know that I love Exchange Press, and so I'm very excited to have one of their um, authors, uh, one of their new books um, on the show today. It's Nancy Rose now. Hi, Nancy. Hi, Heather. So happy to be here. <laughs> um, so I made them at NACI when I was in the exchange booth when we were at the conference. I made them give me a free copy <laughs> Good, good. Um, so I have really been enjoying it. Um, so so I'm going to eventually let you just talk about the book, but I want to start with just this, this reading from it. So the book is called Encouragement Every Day, and it's just kind of that. Every day you have a little piece that you've written, a one-page uh, piece that is on some sort of kind of encouraging topic, and you um, you also start each piece with a quote, so... <laughs> So there's some (laughs) some symmetry here. So this is from January 13th. Um, The the page is or the entry is called Cultivate Joy. You start with a quote from Deepak Chopra. The past is gone. The future is not here. Now I'm free of both. Right now I choose joy. And then what you wrote. New York Times bestselling author Mary Pfeiffer in an article published in Exchange Magazine wrote this about cultivating joy in life. It's never too late to become a happy person. We can set our mind to it and work to acquire the necessary skills. They are gratitude, slowing down, being awake to the wonder all around us, being outside and enjoying the primal activities we humans have enjoyed since the beginning of time. These skills can become healthy habits, just like brushing our teeth or exercising. Closing that quote. And then you you write, it's interesting to think of choosing joy as a healthy habit but I know this to be true. Each day is a new beginning and another chance to do things that lead to joy. For me, it's especially helpful to focus on gratitude and to spend meaningful time in nature. Today, I'm claiming my right to be a happy person. Feeling joy is a choice I make today. This really resonated with me uh, because of that claiming my right to be a happy person. Um, and, And it's part of what I really love about this book because it's no secret that people working with young children are, you know, feeling burned out and discouraged and stressed. And there's a lot of conversations about self-care. Um, and I feel like every, every page of this that I've, you know, interacted with so far um, can be used to sort of meeting, meet them where they are. And, and this idea of choosing joy um, and claiming your right to be happy fits in with that. Well, the way that this book came about was I during the pandemic, um, I was called, the one that was putting together exchange every day that mm-hmm. comes out five times a week. And on Mondays, I started, I said, I'm going to step, you know, out from behind the curtain and be a little more personal because we're all in this together. And I'm going to write something encouraging every Monday because I need it. And I think you might too. Yeah. And so I just started doing that and just kept doing that. And when I announced that I was retiring and I'm retired, but I'm still doing an awful lot of consulting and different mm-hmm. things. I'm still, I'm still connected, but I'm not doing the day-to-day 
right now. And um, people wrote to me and said, oh, we're going to miss that encouraging word, darn. Mm -hmm. And we got to talking in exchange. They said, well, you could just write one for every day and put it into a book. So <laughs> that's that's what yeah. I did. And I yeah. said, I think I'm writing it for myself as much as anybody, but um, you know, just sharing together. I kind of like yeah. to think of all of us that we're all in this together. You know, yeah. So. Yeah. And you know, one of the pieces of, of advice that I've heard writers being given is write the book you want and need. Like what is it that you need yourself? And that put that out into the world. And that's um... yeah, there's a there's a quote, you know, that says that, you know, if, if there's a book out there that you always wanted to read, but it's not out there, you better write it yourself. <laughs> to, to paraphrase. And that's sort of that's yeah. sort of what I did. I thought, yeah. you know, I am I I yeah. So yeah. so um what I guess what you kind of answered this already, but what do you hope happens with this book out in the world? Like what what well, what's your vision? Let me let me tell you can I step back for a minute and, and tell you sort of, because some of my background, I think will help you know where I'm coming from. On yes. This. And I um, said, I was going to let you say that. Well, and I didn't. <laughs> I'm going to just tell you anyway, because yeah, I think please. it has everything yeah. to do with the book. So I started out in early care and education myself, working directly with children. Mm -hmm. And then I became a program director and it was a very small program. And we just developed a, a wonderful community together of, um, early care and education professionals. And over the years, we just kept learning and discovering together and started doing some research, had a National Science Foundation grant. Teachers uh, became co-researchers, took some graduate classes in qualitative research. Anyway, to make a long story short, we grew into the Dimensions Educational Research Foundation. We created our Nature Explorer program where we're creating natural classrooms all over the country. And then when Bonnie and Roger Nagebauer decided that they were ready to sell exchange, they kept, they kept asking me. And I, at first I wasn't ready. Oh gosh, that's a, but then I thought, oh, what a great opportunity. I love exchange magazine so much. I mm -hmm. love book and we could publish any book we wanted and all the things I've ever believed about early childhood. <laughs> we could, you know, I, I'm very, I'm very proud of things like illuminating care yeah. I and, you know, the whole child alphabet and just new yes. ways of thinking. I just, well, our whole row collection. And mm -hmm. that was just such a labor of love being able to do that. And um, so one of the things I learned early in my career, but really the longer I've been in it is I'm such a believer that if we work with young children, our first work is with ourselves. Mm -hmm. And, you know, I like to think of early childhood professionals as sort of developmentalists and guides, you know, yeah. and I don't even like to use the word teacher anymore, personally, right. because it, it implies, right, it implies that the the strict, the academics, if you want to use that term, yeah. you know, are everything, and to me, that's complete opposite of what mm -hmm. it is. I really, you know, like to think that it's that respect for the child and we're all fellow human beings together. We've just had more experience than they yeah. have in the world. So we sort of serve as guides for them. But to do that, I mean, we're role models. They're looking at us. And if unhappy people are serving as guides for our children, that's yeah. going to be good for anyone. You know, yeah. really so much um, what I started to realize as I was, I'd always have weekly meetings with you know, our community of 
folks that with mm-hmm. the children and um, we would have such rich, deep discussions. And it really came down to, gosh, you know, it's, it's working with ourselves. It's all of our attitudes about learning and all of our attitudes about life. And, you know, really coming to the realization that exactly what you read, it really is a choice. A mm-hmm. lot of it is a choice. If we claim our right to be happy, if we, um, you know, just so many things. And over the years, I've always been a collector of quotes, I think because I feel like, well, that's what's happened for us. That's why I love books so much. People yeah. have been guides for us. You know, yes. they've been gracious enough to write things down to tell us about their experience. So I thought, you know, I don't have all the answers for everybody. I'm just telling you what has been helpful to me. Yeah. And as I said, some things will maybe be helpful to you too, and some won't, and that's the way it should be. Yeah. But, you know, I'm just, ex- I'm sharing a lot of what's been helpful to me or what I've learned from other people. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. so basically it's a way that um, I wanted the message to be, I think that the work you do is some of the most important in the world. You know, I value the work of early childhood mm-hmm. so much. And this is a gift to you that I hope will give you a little spark every day. And you can remind yourself, um, you know, that what you're doing is so important and yeah. that there are ways we, you know, can support ourselves and keep growing. So we're excited about life. We, I mean, if we're going to work with young children, that's what I think. It's our responsibility to be people that are excited about life. For sure. Yeah. And I've been, and uh, you may have heard me mention this on other episodes, but um, I've been really struggling with this response that I get more and more frequently lately when I talk about the good things children deserve. And the response back to me is, well, you can't expect struggling, underpaid, stressed out teachers to be able to do all of that. Um, and I, and I, I, I don't agree. Like, I think if you totally take disagree. the job, you should, have, I'm not saying don't feel your feelings or whatever, but um, I, I did the work for a long time making like $8 an hour with two young kids and all kinds of trauma of my own. And there are hard days, but my, I, I just assumed that when I took the job, I, I made a commitment to. Yeah. And, and I mean, I, as a young director was going through a divorce with two young kids too. And mm-hmm. I mean, it was, yes, a lot of, a lot of challenges, but, and, you know, early on, I think it's all in your attitude early on mm-hmm. as a young director, people said, oh, you're going to lose 40% of your staff a year and you're going to have all yeah. kinds of problems with parents and on and on and on. And I just decided at some point, I'm not going to listen to that. Yeah. It doesn't have to be that way. Yeah. And I thought, okay. And honestly, we did a lot of things over the years so that we got grants and did different things and were able to pay better, which I think, you know, you never want to not try to absolutely to pay better. Yes. So that's, I just want to say that. Yes. But, I absolutely know that they deserve to be paid yes, better. <laughs> but before I could, I thought, okay, what can I do if I can't right now increase the pay? And it was that sense of deep support, mm-hmm. respect. Um, I'll tell you something that's been just a joy for me. Um, 
a number of retired teachers who I'd worked with through the years and I've gotten together and we've decided we really want to do something to support the younger teachers who've been through the pandemic and it was so oh. hard. So we go in, we call it Roots and Wings. So uh-huh. it's um, uh, the roots of the, the, some of the things we've learned, but then they're the wings of the new ideas. And so four teachers, four retired teachers go in and take um, teachers groups for, for a, an hour and they've been meeting with me and we've been having discussions and it is so exciting to see when teachers have that support. Um, one of the young women said, oh, I was at a party the other day and someone asked me what I did. And I just started talking on and on about how important this work was and how fun it is. And he yeah. said, I had no idea that early yeah. care education could be that important. And I wish I loved my job as much as you love yeah. yours. And yeah. Oh, yeah. I get that a lot. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Yes. And and I, I just, I think a lot of what I write about in the book is we get to choose our attitude. Mm-hmm. We really do. I'm not saying don't feel your feelings. I don't, I'm not into the toxic positivity, mm-hmm. but, but we really, it really is a choice. And um, there is so much that's so interesting about the work. And if you really develop relationships among staff, people who work together, if mm-hmm. you develop relationships with parents, if, you know, it, it can be, it can be just such great work. Mm-hmm. So yeah. yeah. I, and, and even though the people I was working with were going through the pandemic and it was hard, it, it wasn't insurmountably hard. You mm-hmm. know, there was a lot of support. So, you know, I am not a huge believer in, oh, all is lost and it's, you know, we're doomed to have you know, I, I, yeah. I think we have more control over things than we think we do. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, I hope, I hope so. <laughs> well, and I sure think we, I, I, it's, it's also the way I try to like talk to my students yeah. when they're a lot, so many of them are already working in early childhood, um, and have these frustrations that they bring to our conversations. Um, I've started reading, uh, whatever day it is from encouragement every day at the beginning of class. Oh, that makes <laughs> me so happy. Weeks. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh. And it's the first week um, I read whatever, you know, whatever day that was. And I said, what does this have to do with child growth and development, which is the topic of this class. And the first week they really kind of struggled. And the second week they were, were making more connections. And even though it does, you know, cause they, they were like, well, it doesn't explicitly talk about children in that one. Right. But how could we and connect most it? of them don't, but, yeah. um, you know, really, again, it's sort of what I believe is we have such a responsibility, you know, to keep mm-hmm. working on ourselves. If we're going to be these guides for children, yeah. then, you know, what, what kind of messages do we want to give them about life? Yeah. Um, you know, it's, it's so fun with the, when the teachers have been meeting with the retired teachers and they mm-hmm. go back into the classroom, the children all know that they're going in and they're learning and they'll say to them, what you learned today? What did uh- you talk <laughs> about today? And I think that's just such a great message. And, yeah. you know, I, I used to bring in uh, to my groups of children, I used to bring in books I was reading, not that they were going to read them, but they saw that I love books. Right. Yes. They saw, and I would talk about what I loved and, you know, what really, concerns me is Mm -hmm. if we have people working with children who are feeling very depressed or, you know, just 
very down about life. Mm -hmm. That's really not, that's not what we want to have happen. What can we do to lift folks up and support them and help them remember, you know, what really is good about Mm -hmm. life? And we still have an awful lot of things that are really, they're challenging, but we have really, it's an, I always say it's an and world. Uh And somebody, I I have, I'm not a big um, techie person. (laughs) I started a, you know, uh, exchange said, you could do a little Facebook page about the book. And I said, oh, okay. yeah. um, you're doing but, great. I'm no, well, I'm it. You're just doing trying, great. but um, <laughs> they said, just, just write personal stuff. So I was like, oh, okay, but thank you. I'm just learning. But um, somebody wrote me the other day and she said, oh yeah, it is an and world. You know, working with children can be very challenging and it's also so inspiring. And I yeah. thought, yeah, that's right. It's in yeah. that world. Yeah. Um, I just recorded, maybe it was yesterday with Carol Garboden Murray, um, who everybody knows I love. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I do too. I'm inspired I by. Just, I was just like, I can't wait to get this book out in the world. Yeah. So yeah. Um, and we were talking about um, it eventually became a conversation about professional love, but it started with this idea of romanticized childhood Mm -hmm. and I think that sometimes feeds the frustration for teachers when they they go in and they think children are angels and children are magic and children are you know just this heavenly being and then they're not (laughs) (laughs) and that can be very stressful for us so some of that some of that choosing our response or whatever and and reflecting on ourselves and maybe involves you know, what was our idea of the child when we came in? And Yes. And uh, conversations that I have a lot uh, is about, you know, what happened to us as children and mm-hmm. how do things that happen with young children now trigger that? So one person was sharing the other day that um, she was always instructed immediately to say, say you're sorry, say you're sorry. Yeah. And she said, I know intellectually that's not what I'm doing with children. And I know why we're not doing that. Yeah. And you know why. But there's a part of me that if they don't express remorse right away, I, I'm just triggered by that. Yeah. And I realized it was because of my childhood. And mm-hmm. I have to go back and work with that little kid inside of me and say, hey, you know, it's okay. Things are different. Yeah. We have new information. Yeah. On and on. You you know how much our own yeah personal and and absolutely aren't aware of that Mm -hmm. I think it's all happening unconsciously and it makes it harder to have what's it's honestly relationships with children are no different than any relationships in our lives and relationships are take work you know yeah and I that you know that's one of the reasons that I have become less comfortable talking about early childhood education and using the word teacher even though I use it still a lot um, we need a better word. We do need exactly a better word. Is, and but, practitioner yeah. doesn't really roll off the tongue. I've seen that one too. But one of the, um, oh, I just forgot. Oh, because uh, it's it's just very clinical and it doesn't allow for that right. relationship focus um, and, and that um, that work that we're trying to do with ourselves because we have to get past this teacher ego and this identity of myself as a as a professional respected teacher whatever all these all these fights we've been having for ourselves that go in wrong directions yeah 
and and things are so cyclical you know yeah I've been in the field long enough to know all the things I mean we were talking about the importance of play and you yeah. know that we're developmentalist and since I was you know 20 or 23 or whenever I started in the in the field and mm -hmm. um I I just and maybe that's it someone said well every generation has to feel like they're discovering something new again to make it really <laughs> theirs. True, yeah. I mean, isn't that what we say with yeah. children? They have to discover it for themselves yeah, to for, make yeah. it really theirs. And maybe that's okay that it keeps going around. But I, I am, here's what I'm really concerned about. When I see um, early childhood people being given, here's your manual and just yes. use this word for word. And, um, you know, it'll take all the guesswork out of it. Mm -hmm. I'm thinking that's, that's so that's the antithesis of what it's about. Absolutely. It's yeah. relationships and, and yeah. yeah. And I think one of the things that's a big stressor for teachers, early childhood folks um, who are doing that direct care is behavior, challenging behaviors and I think this this prepackaged curriculum or these heavy academic expectations contribute to that by making teachers feel like any behavior that's challenging for me is taking me off my script. And um, so I've got to just stop it. I can't understand it. I've got to just stop it. Yeah, and yeah. and that's a really stressful way for everybody to go oh, through. So stressful. And it just gets worse and worse and worse. Yeah. And, you know, and and of course, you know, I'm just a huge believer in um making sure we have wonderful natural outdoor settings for yeah. children where, you know, that kind of rich play can happen. And of course, indoors. And if, if the environments are, as you know, I'm just preaching to the choir here, yeah. but are set up well, then we can have those authentic relationships yeah. together with children because yeah. we're not trying to. And I, I always think about, I mean, when you think about this, you're a young child, you have no choice, but to be there for often long hours. Mm -hmm. And um, that's why I love Carol's work, where she talks about yes. professional love. And, um, you know, I, if I, they need to feel love, they mm -hmm. need to have those loving relationships, they need to have people that pay attention yeah. to who, okay, so that's, and we thing. benefit from that, too. Right. We benefit because from having all, it's that a relationship. relationship. Yeah. yeah. The other day um, I heard, uh, I just happened to be there, you know, doing one of those groups and a uh, parent said to um, her child, the person who's with her child, oh, I've invited you to, she wanted to invite you to her birthday party, <laughs> but you know, don't feel like you have to come. And she said, oh, well, why wouldn't I come? You know, yeah. she's my friend. Yeah. And I thought, you know, it's that kind of a relationship that, yeah. you know, that, that we're, we may be, yes, I sort of like, I love that one person was talking about seeing herself as a guide, mm -hmm. you know, I'm just a little farther along. I've had more experience. Yeah. I'm not, I'm not smarter than you are. I'm not, but I just have had more experience. Yeah. I have some things I can, I can point out to you along your journey of life. Mm -hmm. And I think I love that way of thinking about it. Yeah. Yeah. Me too. Um, excuse me I'm gonna go back to the book for uh, specifically okay. for a second oh, yeah the book okay, the okay. book <laughs> this is how they all go you know that like, we start with the I topic do. and I we do. move all over the place that's um, why I love it yeah, yeah. <laughs> I was just looking at the back cover and what Roger um wrote about the book and he said um uh 
that you're share you're, you're sharing daily words of inspiration, which we've kind of talked about, and also provocation, not just feel good sloganeering, but hard won with wisdom. Do you feel like it's a book of provocation also? I hope so, because yeah. um, you know, I hope that there are lots of things, you know, that encourage people to think, but it's like it's like anything else. I mean, I don't believe anybody can say here's what you do. It's like, these are yeah. some things that I found helpful. You know, I invite you to think about it, mm-hmm. but you may see it differently. Great. But, but then, I, I mean, I think it's, it's very much the same way we are with children, you know, it's mm-hmm. invitations, provocations, but you take it and uh, do with it what you will in the way that's right for you. Yeah. So we're yeah. all at different places in our journey. And I mean, I've had great discussions already with people about the book who, um, you know, made me think in new ways. I love that. Yeah. Yeah. I just, I love that. I like the word. I think it's, you know, sort of been commodified in a sense, the word provocation in early childhood. It has. Yeah. I mean, (laughs) we can't have any nice thing without. (laughs) I just thought, well, I won't even talk about it, but saw a book that was like package provocations. Yeah. Oh, yeah, no okay. Thanks. Well, yeah, yeah. Um, but if we think about it just in terms of like a spur for thinking right, or right. sparking or thinking. acting, yeah, um, then I feel like those things also really help us if we're either prevent burnout or in a place of burnout to be challenged in that way and to be able to, to just pause and kind of think through what you just read and. Yeah. Okay. I agree. And it's inspiring or wait, what do I think about this? And how does, how would this look in my, in my life? If I, if I thought this way, I think that that um, also can be really satisfying. Well, you know, it's interesting because when you said with your students, you know, why would, what does this have to do with early childhood? I thought, you know, I, I bet there'll be a lot of people who will say, well, if anything she could have written, why, why this? This isn't directly about early childhood. Like, yeah. I mean, I wrote a different book about heart-centered teaching inspired by nature. That was mm-hmm. very much about children. But mm-hmm. um, I think to me, it has everything to do with it because the more I really, really thought about it, um, you know, I think that it's that continual work with ourselves about you know, what do I believe about life? What are the tools that I'm bringing? Mm -hmm. Um, And, and how can I uh, model some of that for children? You know, I just, I think in early childhood, way more than any other time, um, we're sort of some of the first people besides family that are saying to them, hey, this is what I think life is like. Mm -hmm. This is my experience with life. And I just feel that deep responsibility yeah. of, um, you know, really doing everything I can to, to work with myself. And I also felt that responsibility when I was working with staff, you know, that, yeah. um, but it, it's, and, and having, but, but children also bring that out in you and, you know, um, you have, I mean, I've had some very deep conversations with children about death and, yeah. you know, it's just so interesting. And to be able to not shy away from those kinds of, mm-hmm. you know, like I love Nick's book, The Can of Worms, yeah. about not shying away from un- uncomfortable conversations, yeah. but, but, you know, 
to me, the biggest lessons, if you will, are, um, you know, what's life all about? Yeah. What, how do you have, how do you have a good life? And, Mm -hmm. you know, I mean, why, why, why are we so focused on the only things that are important are, you know, that, that academic skills, letters and numbers and shapes, but, but aren't we sort of, I mean, there is a message out there that, Oh, social, emotional learning. We don't do that. We just, you know, and, and I just think we have to raise up our voices and be, Mm -hmm. um, we don't have to be, we don't have to fight about it. But we can just say, here's my experience. Yeah. This is the key to everything. Mm-hmm. I mean, this is, this is, it's all, I mean, Inspector Vygotsky, it's all about relationships. I was just right? thinking about Vygotsky. Isn't that true though? I mean, <laughs> yeah. I mean, how long have we known this that it's all about relationships, yeah. right? Yeah. Well, I, and I think part of that is this kind of stuff that we're talking about, the relationships and, um, you know, teaching them what life is like, isn't measurable or marketable. No, <laughs> you know what no. I mean? Right. Um, everyone in the room in might agree when we talk about it, but when it comes to policymakers or marketing to families who are pressured to make every moment uh, uh, educational, um, whatever, I, I think it's, it's a hard sell outside of the classroom or the space. And then once we're well, in there with the children, it's an easier thing to talk about and sell. But when we're having these broader conversations about what's important for young children, it, it gets dismissed. Well, I'll tell you some good news. So um, our Nature Explorer program has worked with Los Angeles Unified School District with their uh-huh. 100 early childhood classrooms. And really, I mean, they we created the outdoor spaces with them, but really what happened was... Um, had a lot of these same kinds of conversations with teachers and really thought about things differently. Uh-huh. And they are seeing remarkable changes in teachers aren't leaving. They're staying longer. Uh-huh. There's less and and fewer quote behavioral issues. Right. Yes. On and, on. and they're just saying, well, whatever this is, <laughs> we want more of this and we can't really <laughs> measure it, but we see it. And yeah. I, I think that, I think that, you know, yeah, I and it will like, have a school benefit. You oh, know, it will have that that contribution is. to their future academic success. Doing this, it is differently in early childhood. They're 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 seeing it. You know, they're yeah. seeing the benefits of it. Um, but it, it's, I mean, it's a lot of why um, we decided to do a lot of qualitative research instead of the quantitative research mm-hmm. because you know, there's it's it's very hard to get hard numbers. I mean, we had to do some of that to be credible with research, right. but, but the qualitative research is really helps you pay attention. I remember talking with Carlina when Rinaldi from Reggio once, mm-hmm. and she said, you Americans, you have to measure everything. Can't you just trust <laughs> yeah. yourself sometimes and just see it? And I think sometimes that's true. Can't we yeah. just see what really yeah. works too? And was it, maybe it was Piaget who would talk about the American problem? Right. <laughs> when he was lecturing yeah yes yes and it's not a new problem necessarily no no no. but you know um I was thinking that so one of the things I read a lot in the book probably because it's always been an issue for me but I but I saw it with with um people I worked with too that I don't know if this well actually we do see that people who choose early childhood often um, you know, score higher on the ACEs, you know, they've had mm-hmm. some issues in their own right. lives. And perhaps that's been an impetus that I I want to 
make life better for children. Yes. But we often have, um, you know, perfectionism is an issue or, yeah. you know, and so I write a lot about that in there that, you know, how do we work with that and really um, help ourselves get to the point of total self-acceptance? Because I'm a big believer that it's very hard to treat other people any better than we treat ourselves. You For know? sure. If we, you know, the whole um supporting each child as an individual is really only going to happen if we can accept ourselves totally. Mm -hmm. And anytime there are parts of us that we judge, we're going to judge that in children. We're going to, mm -hmm. I, I really, if you watch and, you know, think of all the judgments or all the things that we, you know, say are wrong with people. Mm -hmm. I really think a lot of that comes from people who haven't done the work of learning to just completely accept themselves yeah. as an all. Yeah, I can I so can testify to me. that <laughs> personal well, experience. I mean, think, yeah, yeah, yeah. We all have that, and I, I just um, you know continue to think that's a really important topic for all of us to talk about together, and mm -hmm. um, you know to be able to support each other and being really honest about that. Mm -hmm. And um, but but to me, well, that was one of the other reasons for writing the book is to you know, really, um, well, I, I hope you get to some of those with your class. I'd be interested to see what yeah. they say when you hit some of those things about self-acceptance and, yeah. you know, yeah. yeah, I was trying to be really good and only read each days on that day, but <laughs> I'm going to, I have to just read through it <laughs> and then I can revisit them still on their right days, but I'm going to have to just read yeah, it like a regular people book. have done that. They just read through the whole thing as a book and then they yeah. go back and visit or they mark the ones that, and I have some that I just keep rereading because I need to keep thinking. Oh, about them, nice. Yeah. 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 Um, oh, I thought I had a question and it's gone. That happens to me too. Everyone knows who oh, listens yeah. to the show. <laughs> Sometimes I just lose uh, lose the rails. Um, what else? Is there anything that you wanted to talk about that I haven't asked you about about well, the book or the process? Or yeah, I guess I guess one of the things that um, I'm hoping is that. You know, I love it when people sometimes send me ideas or they see something differently or they'll say, oh, I read a book about this that, you know, might be helpful. So I just would invite people. I mean, I suppose they could do that, that on the Facebook page yeah. or just whatever. But I love that because it's it to me, it's like a continuing mm -hmm. dialogue with each other. Those of us that especially, you know, I mean, really, I suppose anybody can read the book. But my first audience, first and foremost, was you know, my early childhood friends who I mm -hmm. admire so much, mm -hmm. but, you know, I just, okay. So while I have this opportunity, I think that we're missing the mark when we um, create programs for children where we don't have opportunities to find ways for the, the adults to meet together. And yeah, um, I, I just am such a believer in that, that Mm -hmm. we've got to find, we've got to make that more of a priority and yeah. have to find ways to have these kinds of discussions together because I've seen remarkable things happen because of that. Mm -hmm. And, you know, the, the people who I started working with, gosh, literally 40 years ago, yeah. this group of people, even as people have retired or gone up, you know, 
has has stayed as this community of mm-hmm. people and you know we get together and have reunions and things and it's just you know doing this kind of work is very I mean it really does takes some support to do it yeah. well I do believe because yeah. you're having intense relationships with people all the time. Yeah. I hear that from, from my students who are working in early child in early childhood, that, um, that feeling of being supported is missing. And, you know, they might be meaning when I say a kid can't do this, my director comes in and says, yes, you can. That could be what they're talking about. But I think these, what you're talking about is the ability to have conversations together away from children. Um, and, to know that they can sort of count on that um, and to just be, you know, unguarded and honest honest with with each other. Yeah. And to say, boy, I really am struggling with this or, and Mm -hmm. not feel judged or um, I'm just, I just, this happened and I just, I just wasn't sure what to do. Yeah. Really triggered something inside me. Can we talk about this? Yeah. I love those kinds of conversations mm-hmm. and where we can, um, you know, I remember, um, I don't know what made me think of this, but I think, because I think these are the sorts of things that happen when you really um, have relation, deep relationships with children. I happened to just be walking by one time during the pandemic and um, she, the person I saw this happened to was outside with a group of children they were bringing loose parts from mm-hmm. outdoors and they were all working together and they were creating a school. They called it, we don't, it's interesting because we don't call it a school, but right, I guess but, they know that. But yeah. they said to her, oh, look what, we're creating a school. And in this school, there's no pandemic. And I bet <laughs> you wish you could go to that school and get away from the pandemic. And it was this <laughs> lovely moment where she said, no. I don't wish that. I love being here with you. Oh, that's I great. I love all of you. And I mean, she started to cry. They started to cry. It was such a heartfelt moment. And mm-hmm. it was like watching this little community where everybody was crying because I think it was a hard time, you know? Sure. But but this sense of, um, you know, allow, and she said to me later when we talked about that, you know what? In, in the past, I wouldn't have let myself cry. I would have thought, oh, that's, you can't do that with children. But you know, that's how I was feeling. And I was just so touched. And I just, just let myself cry. Mm-hmm. And I said, Perfect. because that was real. Because <laughs> yeah. it's a real relationship. And yeah. um, I, it just, I, I was, I've been in places where people are instructed. You could never say, I love you to a child. Yes. You could never show. I mean, haven't you heard that? You Absolutely. Know, yes. I've gotten in trouble for it. <laughs> okay. Heather, why? Why do you think? Why yeah. You well, think so, and this is kind of what Carol and I ended up talking about a little bit is this quest that we're on to be accepted as professionals and real teachers makes us tend to clin- have these really clinical approaches and so I think that's part of it is that there's something weak about you or you're not being objective and fair if you tell a child that you love them. But I think also there's um, this fear that the parents will be feel competition or, or somehow that's disruptive to the relationship with parents. I think there's a couple, but I, I, I do just think that we feel like 
just like with social emotional learning and relationship-based stuff, those conversations, everything that gets lumped into that soft skill category, I think that's another con contrib contributing factor to don't tell a child you love them. Yeah. For me, I was just being accused of having favorites at the time. Oh, I mean, oh, that was the specific reason for me when I was, um, uh, and maybe I did, there was a little girl that no one liked and I would take her out in the hall with me and give her piggyback rides to the, if I had to go to the kitchen for something. And so I, I was playing favorites. And, and then I also told her I loved her. I'm not sure that's playing favorites. I think that's no. just having authentic relationships. Right. I would say, and I'd say, way to go. I mean, right. you know, and and, but so that's <laughs> also, if we don't have these kinds of conversations, then administrators don't get this. And yeah. what I love is, um, you know, being able to start having these sorts of conversations with administrators. I've also, you know, some folks I know that are in administration have said, okay, I'm reading this book and it's reminding me of things and I'm bringing it up with, just like you're doing with your students, but mm -hmm. they're with, you know, the community of mm -hmm. folks that they're working with. And we're having different kinds of conversations, which makes me very happy. That's because great. I think these are the kinds of conversations mm -hmm. that we really do need to be having. And, you know, I was thinking, because I just am one that, okay, I'm not accepting the conventional wisdom. I'm just not. I'm right. Just, you know, <laughs> we just have to do something different. I think, you know, we need, and you're doing this with your podcast, but we need a lot of us who really get this to really mm -hmm. raise our voices up even more and almost have a whole new definition. I, I don't want to compete with elementary teachers. There's no need for competition. I mean, we're right. all doing something very important, but this is a unique way um, of, of being with children in, in the early childhood years. It's almost like we all need to celebrate ourselves as developmentalists or something, yes. or developmental guides or, you know, come. I love with, that word. Yeah. I really think, um, you know, it's just so important to, to just figure out a way to, to, you know, really make our voices even louder. I just, I just, um, I really think that's important and to have more and more people understand that and, and the importance of the uniqueness of, mm -hmm. of this time of life. And, you know, so yeah, I'm on a mission to see if we can all do that together. Amazing. Well, you have my full support. Well, you're, you're, <laughs> For the mission. Uh, you're doing a lot. I have to tell you, um, so your podcast is a great thing to discuss. And some okay. of these conversations with <laughs> teachers, I've asked them to listen to a certain podcast and then we've had conversations. And I mean, that's a great way to use your podcast. Hmm. We also used your article that you wrote for Exchange about quit tattling. On yeah, <laughs> one of my favorites. Yeah, oh, I love it. But, you know, so I just have to tell a quick story yeah. that one of the young men who's, you know, working with children now, was diagnosed with autism and on the autism uh -huh. spectrum scale. Um, and even as a young child, you know, he was one of the first that um, I worked very hard with inclusion before it was the thing to yeah. do yet. And, you know, so he used to talk about as a child that someday he was going to teach where he is now and so he's been hired as a teacher and, and has a very concrete way of looking at the world which has uh -huh. been great in these yeah. conversations but with that quit tattling on children um he said every day 
I say something to parents in front of their child so they can hear something really that I love about them. I and love I it. Thought, it's just, and you know, he said, cause I needed people, you know, uh, to say things about me that were, yeah. You know, and, and I thought that's just, I love that. You know, it was just this sense of, um, yeah, that, that, and the other, the other thing that, um, I'm just such a believer in is sharing who we truly are. With yeah. each other. So every, I mean, I know I'm just telling you things you already believe. <laughs> Someone but, listening maybe needs to hear it. <laughs> but I think that we don't, oh, that's, so it, it's the antithesis of everything being homogenized and everybody doing the same thing. Mm-hmm. Every group of children is going to be different because if the adults in there really bring themselves in and their interests in there, it's going to be a, a little different experience mm-hmm. because you're a fluid group and you're part of the group. And um, really, I remember very, very early on, and I think I wrote about this in the book, when I was a very young director, I talked about, okay, let's start out by like telling each other what some of our great qualities are, what you're really proud of yourself. And oh my gosh, Heather. It was Did they struggle? To do that. Yeah. Yeah. And finally, someone said, can I just tell you what I'm working on? I said, <laughs> well, you, let's talk about this. And but I said, but I get it. I get it. You know, I was a kid that was told, don't blow your own horn. Right. Don't get a big head. I was told that. Yeah. But if we if we can't celebrate ourselves and feel good about ourselves, how do we expect the children we're working yeah. with to be able to do that? And so a lot of it has been, you know, really helping people learn to celebrate their uniqueness, be okay with mistakes, mm-hmm. try to let perfectionism go. I'm still a work in progress. It's so hard. <laughs> My gosh. Yeah. It is. But, yeah. you know, it's, 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 it's our work, you know, that's uh-huh. part of that's part of what we're doing. So yeah. and, and helping and sharing some of those things with children. You know, I, I, when I run into people that were, that I worked with years ago who are adults now, I just ran into someone who said, Oh, do you remember when you told us that story about how you were making your lunch and you put your keys in the refrigerator and you couldn't find them and that's why you were late? And I said, no, but he said, I do. I've always thought about that story. And, you know, just that one human being to another yeah. kind of thing. Yeah. Yeah. I love that. That's a good story. Um, well, we're coming up on an hour, Nancy. How did that happen? <laughs> oh, I just could talk to you forever, but you know, I just want to say, Heather, thank you so much for what you're doing. Oh. Um, these conversations, and for some people, um, you know, listening to a podcast is a really great way for them. You know, they're that kind of learner that would right. like to listen. And I just love it that it's a resource that's available. But I do want you to write a book based <laughs> I'm on trying. All, yeah, I'm trying. Or more than one book, maybe. Maybe it's yeah. a series of I books, have, but you have a lot I have to the say. ideas. Um, I don't have the discipline is what I'm finding. Like I, I used to have some real workaholic tendencies. If I had started this 10 years ago, I'd have four books done already, but um, 
I think I, it's better not to write yeah. all that. <laughs> that's I mean, how I, I try of, to frame it. That's what I said to exchange. <laughs> I'll, I don't give me a deadline. I'll just sit and kind of write yeah. it till it's done. And yeah. you know, that's a, that's a good way to do yeah. things, I think. So, yeah. So um, you mentioned if people wanted to get a hold of you, they could comment on the Facebook page, which is encouragement every day. But do you have like an email or some other way for people to send their ideas to you or? Um, well, yeah. I mean, I guess I could just give them my email. Yeah. Um, you want me just to say it? Sure. Yeah. It's just um, my personal email, nancy.rosano1 at outlook.com. Okay. Um, I, so I'd love to hear from people. Yeah. And I, what I'm learning is that I people aren't on Facebook as much as they No, they be. aren't as much. Yeah. But so somebody the other day just told me about this wonderful book called Wounded by School. And, um, oh, I mean, I could talk about that too, but it's- Did it's you just a, share it with me on Facebook too? I think so. I on think another I did. post? Yeah, because yeah, yeah. I just, I was like, I just put that in my wish list. But, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's it's so good. And it's, it's just another reminder of why it's the emotional things we're doing yes. with children that are absolutely crucial in the yeah. early years. So I recommend that. Yeah. Early. Thanks. Yeah. Um, so again, your book is called encouragement every day and people can order it from exchange press. And if you use the code ECE nerd, you can get 15% off. Oh, thanks Heather. So, well, I just appreciate exchange doing that for the listeners for, um, yeah, for giving them great. That, that, that little bit of a discount. Well, thanks so much, Nancy. This was wonderful. Thanks, and uh, I hope we get to talk again soon. Oh, I hope so too. <laughs> I love talking to you. I could have gone on and on forever. So. That's, <laughs> me too, obviously. Yeah. Okay. Um, I finally looked at the clock and I was like, oh, it oh, felt like 20 minutes. <laughs> <laughs> thanks. This is yeah. great. Yeah. And keep and... doing what you're doing because, oh my gosh, thank you. Thank you for doing what you're doing. It's so important. Ah, I, well, I appreciate that. I love to do what I'm doing. Um, if I can, you know, get myself motivated <laughs> to do all the, the lead up steps yeah, to the actual yeah, recording. Yeah. Um, so thank you again. And thanks everybody for listening to another episode of That Early Childhood Nerd. And that's the show. Now go get your nerd on. has been an Explorations Early Learning Upstairs Studio production. Oh.